and welcome back podcast pals we are season two and it is down under down under (laughs) we have gone away and obsessively looked into octopus so we're just gonna spend an episode talking about octopus and some cool findings and the things that make them arguably the coolest animal this is a journey into science what is it all about how was your weeks Man. It was your birthday. Oh my god, it was my birthday. Oh, boy, did I drag this birthday out. So much. I went to, it started Thursday, and it carried on until Sunday evening. And it was just me going and eating and drinking and seeing all my favorite people. So it was absolutely incredible. And then I have officially transferred to my PhD, so that's all submitted. Now I just sign myself up for another two and a half years of study. Hooroo. Hooroo. Um, but yeah, and then we went out spider collecting. That was a hoot of a time. With one of our lab members that is terrified of spiders came to help us, which was incredible. So <laughs> thanks, Sam. That was... <laughs> this is the greatest thing. We're like, okay, how much are you wanting to avoid your own work? <laughs> that's how much. Yeah. How's your weeks? Good. Um, obviously, solid celebrated your birthday with you on one of the occasions and we went away to Hamna randomly that was really fun we rented this massive house two-story and we spent 90% of it just in front of the fire as per why did we get this huge house we didn't even utilize the house we should start just looking at accommodation it's like this is a shed this is a shed with a nice fire in it because that's what we end up that's like that's that's what me and Avril that's what we always end up doing is like getting this massive space and then spending most of it in this tiny, tiny square of it. And I feel like that's the only interesting thing that's More happened house, to me. More house, ups and downs, going in circles. We discovered that Bonnie's virus agent is owns one of my cat's siblings. Yeah. Which was wild. Tiny, small world. Tiny, so tiny, that's tiny. That's all very exciting. Um, but yeah. On to it. Um, so first we will give a little bit of background on octopuses and why the studies we're about to talk about are so exciting in sort of like the terms of biology sort of sense. So taxonomically, boring stuff, whatever, octopuses are in the class cephalopods, which also includes cuttlefish and squid. And just a quick explanation on the tree of life so you can sort of picture things that we're talking about alongside um, our descriptions. So if you can imagine a tree has like many branches coming off it sort of thing and when they talk about the tree of life in evolutionary terms it's sort of like where did we start out as the single-celled organism and then eventually it branched off to a multi-celled organism and then that branched off into other things and it sort of just there's like millions and millions of little different branch break-offs yep. and then those it's little like break-offs yeah like a tree yeah. and then those break-offs are a common ancestor that we share and then yep. you go back until you get us evolving from some weird little worm bacteria blob <laughs> exactly it's the official the official definition that was straight from nature Octopuses are famously known for being intelligent, and one remarkable 
behaviour that um, some species have demonstrated is tool use with coconut shells. So what they essentially do is they carry these two empty coconut shells across the sea floor when they're going somewhere that doesn't have much coral coral reef. And because there's no places for them to hide and because they're super squishy, they sort of use the coconut shells as a wee defence helmet. A wee octopus clam. An octopus clam. And the reason this is so remarkable in terms of intelligence is because it requires them to recall memories from the past of when they had been to this exposed location before and anticipate the future sort of thing and also incorporate tool use into that. So I am going to this exposed area. I'll need protection. I will take these coconut shells with me to protect myself. Some other animals have been shown to um, recall the past or anticipate the future sort of thing. But the remarkable part here is that you add tool use into that whole mix, which is a whole nother level of cognitive capability. And so we split from octopuses about 600 million years ago, meaning that our last common ancestor was this flat, unintelligent worm thing. Intelligence didn't start from that little flat worm and then work its way up to the octopus and then further on to us. So it didn't go through every single different group of animal being like, now you're an intelligent this. So you have convergent and divergent evolution, where convergent evolution involves unrelated species that develop similar characteristics over time, and then divergent evolution involves in species with a common ancestor that changes to become increasingly different over time. Yeah, so an example of convergent is like flight. So for example, insects fly and birds fly, and it's not because they came from this common ancestor and they just kept flight in their genes along the way. They were separate groups but they both had these same ecological pressures of needing to fly and so flight evolved independently it wasn't like one thing that carried on with them yeah yeah it's likely that because octopuses are super squishy so vulnerable um they had to develop intelligence to outsmart their predators so in other words the dumb ones didn't survive and the ones that had a slight amount of intelligence survived had babies contributed to the next gene pool and so on getting more and more intelligent as they went along Yeah. And when we think of intelligent animals, we typically think of us, monkeys, dogs, dolphins, etc., all mammals. But octopuses are in this completely different phylogenetic group. So they're like way in a different place on that tree of life. And because intelligence evolved twice and because octopuses existed before humans did, researchers believe that they they developed intelligence before us. (laughs) So in other words, that octopuses were the first intelligent life on this planet. Wild. And what's even more crazy is that they are a quote-unquote simple invertebrate. Just here to remind you, you're not that special. (laughs) And so these guys are famous for escaping aquariums and zoos, fitting through tiny drains, unplugging stuff, stealing fish in aquariums where they didn't know where all these fish were going missing. And then they came in one day and found the octopus in their tank. So it escaped from his tank. Yep, to go in and eat the fish in the other tank. And then he'd come back. That's why they didn't know it was happening for so long. And then famously, there was Inky, who was in a New Zealand aquarium. And he, um, he was famous for escaping. And then one day, he just got it right, went out in the drain and went out to sea. Yeah. Find a girlfriend. Finding Nemo. Yeah. Also, true to their escapingness, uh, a one-pound octopus can lift a 40-pound aquarium lid. So imagine that, having your animals that have that level of escaping capability. And that is equivalent to a man being able to lift up a small car. That's wild. 
They're strong and intelligent. Wild. <laughs> Describing a perfect man. <laughs> An octopus. An octopus. Octopuses are also known as a playful species. So the scientific advisor for My Octopus Teacher, the Based. most incredible <laughs> documentary on this planet. Um, so her name is Jennifer Mather, and she studies play behavior in octopus. And she found that in her experiments, two of the octopus interacted in the experiment in a way that they didn't anticipate. And so they had a little half submerged pill bottle that was bobbing along the top of so a buoyant pill bottle that was bobbing along the top of the enclosure and they were seeing what the octopus was going to do with it but in their enclosures they had a water filtration system and so it made this current on the top of the enclosure and so what they didn't anticipate is that they would use this water current in their play and so two of the octopus would shoot water jets at the pill and it would go travel along and then hit the side of the enclosure and then the water the current would carry it back and then they do it over and over and so it was like the marine equivalent of bouncing a ball and so it was this classic example of them interacting in a playful way in a way that they didn't expect so it's sort of a funny joke with behavioral scientists where when you're studying an animal that's really smart so like kia or something for example there's a running joke that the animals figure out like they outsmart the humans in the experiment. And that's sort of a similar version of this. Like the filtration system wasn't even part of the experiment test or anything. It was just in their enclosure. And they just had no idea they were going to demonstrate that sort of behavior. And the octopus just come in and go, here's Thanks. something you didn't think of. Thanks, I'll use the pill bottle and the water filtration current. Yeah. Incredible. And it was just like pure fun like yep. I'm like what other surf what other purposes that serving yeah. apart from them just having yeah. a good time another thing that they're famous for is their exceptional camouflage abilities and so because they don't have these great defenses like hard shells for hiding in to keep predators away or a teeth like a shark to fight off predators they rely on hiding rather than fighting and so physiologically how they do this is through four layers of skin cells First up, we've got the chromatophores, if I said that right. And these are little sacs scattered across their skin, and they each contain a pigment, which is typically either red, yellow, or brown. And these cells have muscle fibers attached to them that pull the sac, which stretches it open to reveal different combinations of colors. So if they're against like a brown piece of coral or whatever, then the brown sacs will get dilated and so on. But because octopuses don't only turn red, yellow, brown, or a combination of the three, when they need other colors, they have... <laughs> so the next layer down, they have iridophores. This is a fun segment where Bonnie and I mispronounce skin cells. We have not cells. how to say any of these. <laughs> um, which, reflect, yeah. Yeah, which reflect light back in different wavelengths. And so these are like those metallic-y iridescent colors, like the shiny blue and green, for example. And yeah. also, the color that is actually reflected in that you see is independent of the angle that which they've observed. So from down, they look like green, and then from above, it might look blue. It's like that shitty car paint that you see on those real bogan cars that it just looks like oil like an oil stain mixed with water and if you view it from one way it looks blue another way it looks pink it's like 
that's what's happening with that's these certain happening. cells. Yeah. yeah. Below that, they have lucifers. And this is an additional reflector cell just to sort of add to the color spectrum, I guess. And in short, it sort of just adds white to the whole color scheme. And similar to how like a polar bear appears white. Uh, not going to explain any further than that because I don't get it further than that. So this way they can turn themselves white and then they can kind of break up a body pattern. If you look, they were camouflage, but it still would give the outline of an octopus. If they throw in like a slab of white, then it breaks up their body plan and they're like, oh, it's definitely not a octopus sitting there. It's just half a rock. Oh, because it has, it's not like a sharp contrast. It's yeah. sort of like blurring the edges. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And then finally, they have these papillae, which are that sort of, so all of the other cells are how to change the colour of their skin. And the papillae help change the texture of their skin. So they basically match the, like literally they match the shape of their skin they're based substrate on, around them. Yeah, yeah. the substrate they're, around them. They're in rocks and corals and those are really rough. So it's Yeah, or the seafloor yeah. sort of thing. So yeah. they have to like. Makes it all bumpy and lumpy. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. All of this is neurally controlled, so it's super quick. It's like blink of an eye. And furthermore, they are actually colorblind. And so it's mm-hmm. not like they're seeing, oh, it's red. I'm going to match the red. Because, like, there have been some sort of studies. I don't know if it's strictly, but they'll put them up against something that's not anything they'd see in nature, like a chessboard or something, and they can sort of mimic that color. And mm-hmm. so you think, okay, they're seeing it. With the eyeballs and going, this is how I ne- I change into this color sort of thing, and so we think. But then it happens instantly, so mm-hmm. it's like quicker than because the time to make a bodily change if it has to go through your brain, you make a decision and then the change happens. Mm-hmm. That takes seconds, yep. whereas neuronal control is like milliseconds, yep. super quick. So this is those these bodily changes and the skin is like super Automatic. super quick. But then there's some level of control, maybe I don't know. So we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole in that. And we found the really good example of that, how we can kind of do this, if mm-hmm. you give us a grain of salt, when we blush. And so we yeah. change the pigment in our cheeks and we go red when you're embarrassed. It's like the same version of us changing our skin. Yep. Same, yeah. yep. same on a very, very basic scale. The researchers, <laughs> they said, it's this, the difference between a grunt and a song. So us <laughs> blushing and changing our skin is the grunt and yes. the sophisticated <laughs> pattern changes is a song. But they also found in really old studies where they removed the eyeballs, obviously before ethics came into science, they removed the eyeballs of octopuses and they could still match their skin to the environment so it's not like they have to yeah see it so it's sort of like and they have photoreceptors on their skin so yeah yeah they have photoreceptors on their skin and then the only answer we have right now is that it's sort of an in-between level of control so it's the same way that we can blink and breathe and everything automatically without our us having to consciously think of it. But then if we want to think of it, we also can take over that. So it's sort of in the middle of like autonomic control. Yeah. Yeah. Just that weird blurred line that we don't understand yet. Yeah. But I just find it so interesting. So interesting. It's so cool because it's like they can obviously make the decision to change, but then yeah. their skin cells are like seeing. Seeing. And it. doing Exactly. That for we them. can't even think in the context of our skin cells seeing things and making mm. decisions. Like, and that's the other thing. So their 500 million neurons are split up over their entire body. So all of their arms and mm. can actually think, quote unquote, independently of each other. Yeah. Which is wild. And then also, but then the blush thing like you only 
blush, our skin only changes when we are like inherently embarrassed. Yeah. And so if we were asleep and someone yelled something at you that was really embarrassing, we wouldn't blush we wouldn't because blush. we haven't gone through the emotional thing. But then it's also not a thing we control. I don't know. So that's fun. It's a bit. It's a big nowhere. web of a brainstorm. <laughs> yes, it is. An earlier study that was in that old documentary with incredible video quality. Um, <laughs> what was that from? Like the no but they had the octopus in tanks where it was like white background with red squares, mm. and the other tank. It was yellow and blue. Squares. Squares. Yeah. And so when it was inside the white background with the red squares, it saw that as high contrast because they can't see in color. So they knew oh. it was a contrasting yeah. environment. And so they made themselves spotty, whatever. But then because the light and the, the yellow and the blue in the other tank gives off the same contrast level in grayscale, obviously, mm. because they can't see the color. They thought it was a uniform substrate, and so they ah. weren't... Yeah. So they didn't camouflage. Ah, so... So yeah. there's the eyesight that comes there's into There's the it. eyesight thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And they obviously have a different eye. Like, they, prob- they could probably see in, like, polarized light sort of thing. Yeah. So it's like they probably can see color or something to some degree but just not the yeah, way we see the it. way that we see it and yeah. that's always the way it is we perceive the world so differently than these animals that we study back to being wildly intelligent and how that might have come about so in animals that we consider intelligent we see that it's often in social animals. And so researchers assume that being social drives this intelligence because you have to navigate all these different social interactions. And so it puts pressure on to be intelligent. And so you see play coming about. Yeah. But once again, octopus throw that on its head because they're intelligent, but they are not social. The only time they're hanging out together is when they're mating, and even that is... It's a one-night stand. It's a one-night stand, at yeah. best. They're, they're not spooning. Yeah. No one's spooning here. No one's spooning. Um, so, you yeah, like, they're super playful. Like, and my octopus teacher, I'm sure everyone's seen that. It's, like, literally playing with the fish. There's countless um, documentation of them just... The only behavior they could be doing is play sort of thing. But they're not super social and they don't have hierarchies or require the social capabilities for survival. And so it just begs the big question, like, where does play come into intelligence? And we are thinking perhaps play isn't necessarily like a precursor to intelligence sort of thing, but it's like a byproduct of curiosity, which leads to intelligence sort of thing. Um, So another sort of example of this byproduct sort of thinking is how like nothing not everything that happens in evolution has to have a reason to it so for example we can surf as humans but we didn't evolve balance to surf right we evolved balance for other things in terms of survival and surfing is a byproduct of balance sort of thing so we can think of that in terms of like play like people thinking that cannabis evolved with us oh my god like nope we can smoke it it's a natural plant it's like (laughs) mm. It didn't evolve specially it so didn't you evolve get stoned. So, it didn't evolve so we can get high. <laughs> I loved that talk at the conference. <laughs> I know, that was so great. Um, and so sort of in this vein, so one group wanted to look into this and see if the serotonergic signal, signaling system, which is sort of deals with well-being, happiness, 
sort of thing in your brain. It's a very complex thing we won't get into. And see if the, this system, dealing, dealing with serotonin, is functionally conserved in octopuses, even though they're not social. Because it's like, why would they have the receptors if they're not social? If they do, then what's the benefit sort of thing? Blah, blah, blah. And so to do this, they gave them some MDMA. Obviously, you're sitting here wondering, how on earth did they give octopus MDMA? So what they did is they had these octopus in their home tank, and then they would put them into a saline wash first, just so they were having some treatment done on them that had no effect, essentially, with like the saline wash. Effect, yeah, yeah, placebo effect or just a control. And then they went into the testing arena. There were three chambers, similar to the rat experiments, where they would... There was a middle one that was empty and then there was a chamber that had a novel object, like an inanimate object. And then another one had, another chamber had a social object, which was another octopus in a little enclosure, a little mm. sub-enclosure. So it couldn't like move around and interact with the other one, but it was in there. And so then they would measure how long they spent in each chamber with just the control post-treatment mm. effect. And then once they stopped engaging with the experiment they would take them and put them back into their home tank after I think they left it for a couple hours and then they put them into an MDMA bath where the water was infused with MDMA and then they put them into the saline wash and then they put them back into the testing arena and they measured how much time they spent in the different chambers and so importantly here Hanging out with the other octopus in ordinary circumstances would be adverse. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. They don't want to go and hang out with them. And so what they found is that when they had the MDMA bath instead of just the saline wash and then going into the test, they spend more time with the so social object, so the other octopus than with the regular object, the Aww. novel object. And so they found that the MDMA did influence octopus behavior. And so those serotonin binding sites that interact with the MDMA exist, were, in exist and they're there. Yeah. So crazy. And you think, how can a marine animal have these like drug path, like drug receptors yeah. and pathways to the point where they can have an effect yeah. on MDMA. But on once land, again, it's just the byproduct. It's the byproduct. Yeah. They've got the serotonin for other reasons. Other reasons. And that same serotonin yep. system happens to be able to digest. Yeah, so they'd have that to, like, made. them interacting with another octopus would obviously have to be somewhat, like, enjoyable mm. or they'd have to want to do it a little bit so that they actually breed. Also, in other situations where they would spend time with the other octopus, they would maybe put, like, one arm out. But then, when they were high, high, they would go in and put, like, more tactile, like, surface contact with the other octopus. Oh, I want a hug. I want a hug. I wonder if that's a, like, I, like, a bonding thing. I want to hug this other octopus, because mm -hmm. that's, you know... Or if it's like this tactile information feels more interesting to me. Yep. Like I wonder if it's about the other octopus yep. or if it's it must have to do with and no because it's to do with social bonding. Yeah. The MDMA pathways and that. Well, either it's way, social bonding. Either yeah. way, it's the happiness thing. So either yep. way, they find more happiness and they want to engage more 
they find more pleasure out of yeah. interacting with the octopus when previously before they didn't. Thank yeah. you, Billy. That insane thumping sound. Oh my god. Okay, what has happened with the dogs today? They have <laughs> such frantic energy. It's because it is dinner time, and oh, I'm surprised Chub is not in here throwing a, a tanty. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. We uh, we would have covered more, but honestly, we're on a time crunch and we fucked around a little bit. But I feel like that was still pretty good. True to form. Yeah. Um, this was very fun, very cool, because we have been dying to do octopus. We find them so interesting. They are the reason we stemmed this podcast. They are. My octopus teacher. Was, yep, and it took us a while to get there because we just wanted to make sure we could do it justice. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. Next week is something else Some, from Down is Under. It sharks? I don't know. Cuddle, no, we're not dolphins or something. Something else. Wow. A mystery. Next week we'll bring you another mysterious <laughs> creature from Down Under the Sea. Excellent preview. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. Go follow us on all of our socials, man. Unless. Facebook and Instagram dies again. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? All of a sudden I'm like, whoa, what do I do with my thumbs? One of my friends was like, oh, apparently Facebook will down. I was like, apparently? <laughs> what do you mean? It's been like 10 hours. <laughs> At least we were asleep. But she has kids, so I was that like, that it. makes more sense. Yeah, Seems legit. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you soon. Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs> This is a journey into science. Science. What is it all about?